Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, welcome back, listeners, to the RCL. We are in our series called Drawing Lines. Uh, We know that the world is a crazy place out there, but there's sometimes we have to draw lines. Last week, we dealt with scripture, like how we use that in um, drawing a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is yeah. that for Yeah, there you go. That's right good. There. So, and and it's actually got some responses. People have been writing us, and uh, I think we're going to do an upcoming podcast. Uh, here's a prediction, not a prophecy, but uh, I think we're going to bring out the word Disney in some of ours when somebody asks us about drawing lines and Disney and some of these things. So just a little teaser to keep listening to this series, but not today. Today we're. A very important one for the church. Because we're not dealing with Disney. We're dealing with something that is very important. Yeah. Theologically. Yes, yes. This is a huge one. So, Yep. On substitutionary atonement. Yeah, there's a word you're throwing okay. around there a lot. So, uh, yeah. Why is this one so important and well, the reason? Uh, yeah, I think there's many reasons, but I would say probably the main reason is that it can be summed up in one word, inclusivity. Yeah. Or, if you prefer another word, inclusiveness. Yes. Yeah. We hear this a lot. And uh, in fact, a lot That's of churches are advertising today. this now. We're an mm. inclusive church. And what, what do we mean by inclusion? What, what, how would you define well, it? Well, the dictionary defines it. That's probably a good place to go to. Oh, that's is, true. Yeah. The quality of including many different types of people and treating them all fairly and equally. Yeah. That sounds it great. It sounds good, yes. doesn't it? And yes. there's components of that yeah. that are good yeah. and true. And we know the church, we're pretty good at dividing. We can, you know, well, hey, yeah. it's Tuesday. Let's start a denomination. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, reminds me of a story. Uh, well, I'm going to let you tell the story if you oh, want. Right. Uh, it's yep. a, yeah, we've I'll said this, it. I think, a long, long time ago. But yeah, I, I yeah. Still, it's, a, it's a good one, though. Uh, once I saw this guy on a bridge about to jump, I said, don't do it. And he said, nobody loves me. I said, God loves you. Do you believe in God? He said, yes. I said, are you a Christian or a Jew? He said, a Christian. I said, me too. Protestant or Catholic? He said, Protestant. I said, me too. What franchise? He said, Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Baptist or Southern Baptist? He said, Northern Baptist. I said, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist or Northern Liberal Baptist? And he said, Northern Conservative Baptist. And I said, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region or Northern Conservative Baptist Eastern Region? And he said, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region. And I said, me too. Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region Council of 1879 or Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lakes Region of 1912? He said, Northern Conservative Baptist Great Lake Region Council of 1912. I said, die heretic, and I pushed him over. <laughs> that's, that's just funny right there. It is. That's it's a, yeah. so it's true. It's true, yeah. Instead of uniting on what we should, we try yeah. to get down to the point where can we fight and divide yeah, at. Yeah, and exactly. So, what don't we disagree Yeah, so on? we want to be an inclusive church, right, Paul? Is that what we want to promote, um, exclusiveness? No. No, we need to well, draw a line, Well, wait a minute. Right? Wait a minute. You, answered, you asked two questions yeah, there. Yeah. No, we don't want to be inclusive. There are areas that we're, we are going to have to divide. Yeah. There's areas where we are going to 
draw the line. Yeah, because you can't call everybody a fellow Christian. There are criterias for saying this is a brother or sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I this is the criteria that says I am a Christian and that you are a Christian. Not just a religious term, but the right. actual meaning, defining what the word means. And the term comes because of... Well, we'll say substitutionary atonement is the dividing line. Yeah, and, uh, it is. And, so, and I think um, a lot of you out there listening probably don't actually realize that. Yeah. That that actually is a huge dividing line. Or the fact that it's even an issue. Yeah. Like, we just think when we hear, like, Christ died for our sins, oh, okay, well, all Christians believe that. Um, yeah, let, let's, let's dig a little deeper on yeah. this. Because the Bible is pretty clear. There are two... Uh, camps. There's two types of people in this world. There are those who are in Adam and there are those who are in Christ. Mm-hmm. There are those who are natural. There are those who are spiritual. There are those who are in the flesh and there are those who are in the spirit. Yeah. There are two types of people in this world. Yeah. And so, and both of them can't be in the church. Only one of those is in the church. Only one of those are followers and believers in Jesus Christ. Right. And in the last term, I, there are people who are only born once, and there are people who are born again, mm. and and that's the difference. Wow, I think Jesus said that, didn't? Yeah, he? yeah, he <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah, you have yeah. to become born again to see the kingdom of God. So yeah. you could say there's only people who there are people who are going to see the kingdom of God, and there are people who are not. Right. So yeah. this is not our opinion. It's, no, it's let's it's give some called. verses. Just to, I mean, there's so I mean, the whole Bible supports <laughs> yeah. this. I mean, you yeah. go back to the Cain, line of Cain and the line of Abel. That's uh, how some people divide it. Mm. Right there at the very beginning, there were those who committed murder and did not follow the way of God, and there are those who wanted to worship God correctly, like mm. Abel. So, mm. but yeah. it's interesting because I'm reading through the Psalms again. I love the Psalms. It's God's prayer book, and I just periodically, well, probably a good once a year, just go back and really pray those through. But it's very clear in the Psalms. There are those who love God, who glorify his name for his namesake, and there are those who don't. Yeah. So throughout the scriptures, throughout the storyline of the Bible, this is evident, yeah. right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. They have the other, Woo-hoo! you have your pecatory Psalms. Do you know what uh, those are? Uh, those are the Psalms that uh, talk about God's enemies, those who aren't yep. in the camp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, some scriptures, let's read some scriptures for them and uh, yeah, for our listeners. So Ephesians you can hear that we're not just making two. this up. Yeah. yeah. Instead of just jumping all over the place, we're going to camp in Ephesians 2 uh, for a bit, starting in verse 1, just so you get a flow. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So right there. Oh, and so go on. I'm sorry. I should have stopped you after verse three. Keep going? Yeah. Okay. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of our flesh and of the mind. Ooh, I never saw that before. Hmm. And of the mind. Yeah. I literally, oh. Yeah. The mind becomes corrupt. It has become corrupt. Yeah. 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 Okay. I need to read that whole verse over because I threw you off. I'm sorry. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Yeah. So right there, you have the beginning of, that's how we were born. That's all. Uh, you know, total depravity. In fact, that's great. You talked about that. The mind. I mean, your mind has been corrupt. You don't think correctly. Oh, there's a deep theological noetic effects of sin on the mind. Uh, 
that's a word, noetic. The way we think, though, I mean, we don't think purely or wholly. Our mind has been corrupt, mm-hmm. and uh, because of sin, everything in us. That's what total depravity. We are dead in our sins, mm-hmm. and it's clear right there. You can't get over that. But that's only some group of people. But God, we continue in verse four being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So there's the opposite. We were dead. That's one group of people. There are people who are still dead in their sins right now. But then there are those who are alive in Christ. There are those who are raised up in Christ. There are those who are seated with God in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Yeah, because of his his mercy. Yeah. I love that being rich in mercy. Yeah. But God. But, but God. God. Yeah, the great contrast. There's yep. the, yeah, but God. Yeah. So, I want to move into 1 Corinthians as yeah. the other example of this. Just verse. again, just to kind of give us a, you know, not all over the Bible, but just a couple places. 1 Corinthians 2, starting in verse 14. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. It's one of my favorite verses, 1 Corinthians 2, 16. We have the mind of mm, Christ. Mm. And so even when I pray sometimes now, when I'm asking for wisdom and stuff, I I pray that promise and just, we I have the mind of Christ. Yeah. I, because of the Holy Spirit living in me, because we're born again, because yeah. we've accepted the, the fact that we were one way, but now we can be another way in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. We have the mind of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a great example of praying back the promises of God. Yeah. You know, the prayer of Jabez is not a promise of God. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> but when we read these things yeah. about the nature of God and what he promises us, it says we have the mind of Christ. Oh, I say you throw you can't throw Jabez under the the prayer of Jabez if you don't know it. It's First uh, Chronicles four ten. Jabez Jabez called upon. I'm going to do this off the top of my head. I think I have it memorized. And Jabez called upon the God of Israel and said, um, "Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that you would um, you would." Keep me from harm. Bless me indeed. Yeah, Yeah. I really threw you on this one, didn't I? I I guess I can't do it off the top of my head. Came out of left field. Well, that wasn't fair to you. And God granted him what he had asked. And so it's not wrong to. But it became a thing. If I pray this, now I'm going to become successful. It became a part of the prosperity gospel, the health and wealth gospel. Promise. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Sorry, I really took a rabbit trail. I just didn't want to throw Jabez under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Good guy, Jabez. Yeah. Yeah, he did write. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, but because of all the books and things written. After. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So I'll pull us back because I Thank let you. us. I let us astray. We have the mind of Christ, and yeah. so what does that mean? The contrast would be then that pagans, or to use a modern terminology, unbelievers don't. Yeah, and so there's a theo- You remember, I love to use this word. Uh, Francis Schaeffer used this word all the time, and he, I learned it from him reading his books and. 
talking about antithesis. Mm. And when you talk about the line, we're talking about drawing lines. There, that's another theological way of saying it, or a, a not philosophical way of saying it, it's yeah. antithesis. Yeah. There's a thesis, and then on the opposite of a thesis is There's the an antithesis. Antithesis. Yeah. And the opposite of. Yes. And so that's what this is. There are those who are thesis, born again, and there's antithesis, non-born again people. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have the mind of Christ. So we have to talk about antithesis. And we see this throughout scripture. There's light and darkness, right? There's good and evil. There's antithesis. And there are those who are born again and those who aren't. And that's what makes up the church. And people are trying to blur that line by just letting anyone in the church. And because we don't want to sound judgmental. or We don't want to sound exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and we know the devil and the world and the flesh, all those things that cause us to stumble, they're fighting us on this. They mm-hmm. don't like the idea that we think in antithesis. They don't want separation because they want us to be part of the world system and to yeah. follow the devil and those type of things. Yeah. Can you explain, Doug, a little bit uh, the difference between the devil and the world? Because I, when I hear that, I think a lot of people probably think that those are one and the same. Well, they're not completely interchangeable, but they're linked. Because, in fact, you read it in uh, Ephesians 2 when it says, uh, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in mm-hmm. which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, mm-hmm. according to the prince of the power of the air, uh, of the spirit that is now working the sons of disobedience. So there, that, there's that link of the, the power, the spiritual powers of darkness. Uh, when it talks in Ephesians 6, goes on in Ephesians 6, 10, when we're talking about our, uh, our battles not against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but against powers and rulers and spiritual forces of this present darkness you know and and those kind of things Uh, so so it's not exclusive Mm. but here's how i like to think of it the world is the demonic system that's attacking everyone in the same way at once that's Mm. the world system that's trying to get us to be like the world Mm. and satan's behind that but then satan also attacks us individually speaking lies into us and and mm. causing us to, to to things to happen in our lives Tempting like he did at job yeah like yeah. he did at job he attacks us personally and so that's how i kind of look at it mm. and then our flesh is just our natural desires to want to do things opposite of what god wants us to do yeah i guess like paul says the very <laughs> thing i hate i end up doing yeah yeah that's Romans the flesh, 7 isn't yeah it? yeah exactly yeah. and in fact uh, the niv translates it sinful desires um, mm. so that's that's one way to, to look at it so anyways uh that they hate satan hates us to think in antithesis because if he can blur the lines he can get into our thinking and then we don't try to even want to share the gospel or help people come yeah. into. I mean, back going. from the beginning of the time, what did he say to Eve? Did God really say? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. it's that. Like yeah. we always like to say, Satan, he's uh, one thing about him. He's consistent. He attacks, he attacked Eve. He attacked Jesus. Did God really say when he talked about throwing them off, the jumping off the temple yeah. and quoting Psalms? And yeah. so, uh, yeah. So anyways. Satan didn't throw, asking, talking about Jesus throwing himself off so the angels would catch him, quoting Psalm, trying to distort the scriptures and stuff. So, okay, so let's talk a little bit more about uh, defining this line of substitutionary atonement. Now, let's... Let's define what we mean by substitutionary atonement. Yeah, that's probably a good yeah, idea. Yeah, we go back to the defining words, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah. this is the line, and it's believing in sub- I'm substitutionary sorry, I said atonement. That's wrong. It's understanding words. Understanding <laughs> words. Understanding yes, words. Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what is the definition of this phrase, substitutionary atonement? Jesus took the full punishment that we deserve for our sins as a substitute in our place. It's a long uh, theological 
terminology with just a great, simple idea. Yeah. He substituted himself yeah. for us. And we understand the idea of the, the word substitute there. Uh, atonement is to make a sacrifice for, and, and, and he was a substitute, just like we had a substitute teacher. You mm-hmm. know, we have a regular teacher. Somebody came in there and taught in their place. Mm-hmm. An athlete's getting tired, and so they put in a substitute for him. Mm-hmm. We should have been on the cross our sins should have taken us to die on the cross for our sins, but God substituted us and put Jesus there. Mm. And that's what we mean by substitution. Can we stop for just a second and say, thank you, God. Yeah. And thank you to Jesus because yeah. he willingly went. Yeah. So let's just stop in this moment and, and praise him and thank him. And if you're born again, you get it. Yep. And that's, and that's why for a lot of our listeners they are probably going, wait a minute, what's the problem? What do you mean? Draw the line. This this is clear teachings and stuff. Yeah. No, you would not believe how much this is being infiltrated into the church. The lie against us, the lie against. Yeah. And it started in the theological realm. I yeah. mean, I remember back in seminary reading some great theologians who denied substitutionary atonement. Great theologians. Mm. I mean, they weren't great Christians. They were great theologians. Mm. Uh, but it really came to a head, okay? we're gonna, Let's get into some arguments of why people, why would people who call themselves Christians not believe in substitutionary atonement? Well, it really came to the head, and I don't know, 10, 15 years ago with, um, I don't even know how to say his name, but the famous British guy, uh, Steve Chalky and, and Alan Manns wrote a book called The Lost Message of Jesus. Mm. And in it, they have this famous, this quote that just blew up all over the evangelical world. And uh, you want to read it? I do, but I want to ask you a question first. Okay. I'm going to throw you off because we have not talked about this at all. But when I read that passage in Ephesians and I came to that point where I said, wow, I never actually saw that before. And we didn't practice that. Like I literally, as I'm reading it, when it talked about the whole point of of the mind, the deception of the mind, would that be an example of that? Oh, yeah. These people that are, I mean, not these people. I We love theologians because they help us understand the scriptures. But when it talks about that, the desires of the flesh and of the mind, to me, the practicality is that, yeah. that they came up with something that isn't there because that's academia. Let's come up with a new thought, yeah, a yeah. new idea. And they were deceived in their mind. Yeah. And then they lead people astray. That's Well, that's exactly it. You, you've nailed it on the head. And it's because they, um, yeah, they don't think correctly and they don't mm. have the mind of Christ. Mm. Whether either they're born again or they've been deceived by Satan because they're living in sin I mean, so, okay, let me, let me digress with that. I want to be careful here because we're talking about antithesis, but there is a, actually a third camp. Now, some people might disagree with this, but there's actually a third camp. There are those who are born again, but they're living in the flesh. That's mm. what Paul, that's what the letters in, are all mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. You know, live this way. Don't live like the world. Don't listen to the lies of Satan. Mm-hmm. That, and so there are Christians. I'm, it's not a, our job to say who's in heaven and hell. Right. Now, if I meet somebody who, who crosses this line and says, well, I don't I don't believe in substitutionary atonement. Well, you've crossed a line that I can't mm-hmm. cross. So mm-hmm. we're not going to have fellowship anymore. And I don't think you're a Christian, but that's between you and the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because so, how can, how, really, how could you be if you don't believe that, that Christ died for our sins? Yeah. But there's a lot of them who muddy the water with this too. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to give some examples of ones who have clearly crossed the lines, but there's a lot of them like, well, yeah, I believe in substitutionary atonement, but but then there's Christus Victor where Christ on the cross didn't just yes. die in the place of our sins. He died to defeat the works of the devil. And that is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I read, let me go off on a tangent, kind mm-hmm. of answering your question. Well, no, I'll, 
Yeah, let me go off on this tangent because because <laughs> it's a thought in my mind that was really good. I was because I was reading it's a, a writer. In your yeah, mind. and I don't remember if it was John Piper or who it was, but they said if you have if you believe in substitutionary atonement, it's no problems believing in the other views of the atonement. Now this is getting real deep in the theology Ooh. about Christus Victor, Christ defeated um, Satan, and the ransom theory that Christ paid the penalty to Christ paid actually the price to Satan. That Satan, you know, had us Ooh. trapped, and and there's some different views, but all those can come out of the substitutionary moment view. But if you believe in just Christ defeated Satan, you can't go from there to the substitutionary atonement view very easy. Yeah. I wait a minute, say that again. I didn't get that. So if you believe, if you hold on to substitutionary atonement as the main idea of the the death of Christ on the cross, mm. you can also then add in. He defeated Satan. He paid the ransom, the different views of the atonement. Got but it. if you say just hold, if, you know, if you start with, well, no, it's about the ransom theory. Mm. You're not going to get to substitutionary atonement from there. Mm. Mm. That's, that's okay. okay. Maybe that's, I like the muddy. Let's go back to Jabez. Can we <laughs> just talk about Jabez? <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. You can't make me laugh because Doug and I both have a cough. Yeah, so we, yeah, that's we true. break out into these wild yeah, coughing. Okay. How was this so for a sick? Okay. Guys, don't do this. Uh, this is a bad husband thing, but uh, yeah, oh, my great. poor wife, my poor wife's coughing. Much. She's struggling with this allergy thing that we uh, live in, in Florida. Florida. Yeah. yeah. And so I put on a comedy special the other night, uh, Jai Bar Comedy. We like watching those because they're usually clean and funny. And this guy yeah. was hilarious. And, oh, yeah. So I'm watching my wife having a coughing attack while she's oh laughing. That was probably cruel of me. Should have yeah, watched, should watched a downer movie. We should have watched one of those <laughs> rom coms that make me <laughs> fall asleep and you cry. And that. <laughs> Don't. I'm like, laughing. How's that for? Stop. Yeah. There's a rabbit trail. Yes. So do, where are we? Well, the mind of Christ. That, <laughs> okay, so here's, good. let me just say this answer. Look at how many times in scriptures it talks about the mind and Paul, you know, be renewing the mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And and uh, Jesus even saying, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. He, mm. in, he added mind in there to what was written in Deuteronomy because Christ wrote it. He can say what he wants. But there's so much in scripture about, you know, the weapons of our war flesh, the weapons of our war. Yeah, weapons of our war, of warfare. <laughs> Sorry. Second um, Corinthians ten three through five, where Paul's talking in spiritual warfare there about that we take every thought captive mm, and uh, yes. bring it into obedience to Christ, and so all of this has to do with the mind. So yes, this is the battle, and this is why this is why most of your oh, oh, almost I don't be careful just throwing absolutes out there, but it's why it starts in academia. It, I mean, seminaries are huge. I was just talking twice this week to different people who wanted to talk about going seminaries to are huge. seminaries. <laughs> Finish it's your a, thought. It's, it's a huge deal what's being taught in seminary. Yeah. So I talked to two people this week who wanted to go to seminary, and I'm they're asking my recommendations. I'm like, be careful. And I always say, for your masters, you have to go to a conservative school. You have to get down the theological. Um, basis for what you believe and why and and how we can answer the skeptics and all that. Because mm. if you go to a liberal one, they're going to mess you up and you're mm. not going to have that good foundation. Then I tell them, go on to your PhD at a secular university or a, a liberal college or whatever, seminary, and fight it out with them there at the academia, I mean, PhD level. But you have the grounding to do that because you had a good master's. But uh, yeah, seminaries, is, these ideas are thrown out there and the general masses laugh at it. And then 50 years or 100 years later, the general masses are believing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, if you would have back. Oh, anyways, slippery okay. slippery yeah, I'm going. Thing, yeah, let's it? go. You want to go yeah. off on another rabbit trail? <laughs> yeah. So we'll try to stay with it. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, going back to this book written by Steve Chalky and uh, Alan Manns. 
uh, called The Lost Message of Jesus. And I didn't get the copyright, but it was written maybe 10, 15 years ago. Mm. And it has this great quote. And so, well, great. No, it's a horrible quote. But would you, um, would you read it for us? Yeah. The cross isn't a form of cosmic child abuse. A vengeful father punishing his son for an offense he has not even committed. If the cross is a personal act of violence perpetrated by God towards humankind, but born by his son, then it makes a mockery of Jesus's own teaching to love your enemies. The idea that God was an angry deity requiring a sacrifice to propitiate his wrath was surely more like an ancient pagan God than the father of Jesus Christ. So this is Ah. where, yeah, this is where the famous God is not a a divine or cosmic child abuser. That's where this famous line came through. Actually, I looked it up while you're reading it real quick. This was written in 2004. So this goes back to 2004. Uh, I thought it was only like 10 or 15 years old. I should have remembered that. But this blew up all over and people started really, really jumping into this. And I I remember that. And I don't, I want to be careful. I got real convicted yesterday. Somebody mentioned a a TV preacher and and I kind of made a snarky comment in front of a group of people. And I walked back in about 15 minutes later and I apologized. I got them all together and I said, Hey, look, I got to repent and apologize and ask your forgiveness. I go, I shouldn't have made a snarky comment about a man of God. Okay. Whether we agree with everything he does, he's young, cool, you know, made these cool videos preaching and stuff. Hey, okay. However he wants to communicate it's between him and the Lord. Now, heresy, if you want to talk about teachings, let's talk about that. But just to throw, so I want to be careful here, but um, the guy who's probably at the forefront of being kind of muddied on this is N.T. Wright. And if you any any of you NT Wright fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. He's been attacked on not believing in substitutionary atonement, and he would come back and say, like, "No, he he completely disagrees with Chalky and stuff and these guys that uh, that." But then he's like, "But let's talk more about Christus Victor and that." Yeah, I believe it, but I believe it, but and and that's where we would say, mm, "Why do we have to qualify substitutionary atonement?" Because yeah, and here, he here, did or he didn't, yeah. right? Because here, okay, he, I know that sounds really simplistic, but yeah. he did or he, he didn't. didn't. Yes, but he, here's why. Because and here's what this book did. It did what I was taught by my professor, my professor, a professor I love, Norm Geisler, who I learned from. He used to say this phrase all the time. I don't know where he got it from, but I learned it from him. A stigma beats a dogma every time, mm. <laughs> and this is exactly what I almost feel like every time I hear N.T. Wright. He, he's so afraid of the stigma of, mm. well, I believe in substitution, but I'm not a, div- I don't believe in a cosmic, you know, child abuser. So let's talk more about Christus Victor because nobody has a problem with that. Everybody yeah. likes the idea of, you know, Christ dying and defeating, yeah, the victorious defeating Satan and defeating the enemies on the cross, which he did. Mm-hmm. But, but the idea that God's wrath, which do we even like the thought of an angry God, that's mm. kind of like, uh, that's why. So anyways, that mm-hmm. God's wrath, God has wrath and God punished his son who was in it. I mean, this is, this is a stigma now that we have, even though it, it doesn't, it, so it's triumphing over a dogma and the dogma is no, it's true. Mm-hmm. God's wrath was satisfied on the cross in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what the word propitiation. In fact, you said the word he, he, he says in there, the word propitiate over the word, yeah. but yeah, through yeah, me a bit. It's, yeah, propitiate. It's not a word we use very often. Yeah. Um, can you give another example of a stigma and a dogma or at least define the words a little bit? Um, 
Yeah, actually, I was just, uh, we talked about this earlier today, and so I'll, I'll use that as an example. Remember, we, I just was reading about uh, Fox News, not endorsing Fox News, but I always read Fox News and Al Jazeera almost every morning just to kind of get some balance. You were reading about Fox News? Or you were I was reading, reading an article Fox on News. Fox News about masculinity and how this new Barbie movie's uh, mm. really messing up with you know masculinity and what it is, and um, we'll maybe talk about that in the Disney episode, right? Coming up. <laughs> I think we're, I guess we have to do it now. Yeah, it's on. Exactly. If, it's, if it's spoken, it has you to happen, right? It. Yeah, I yes. said it. So, but so that would be a, a thing. If I want to, if I say, look it, I want to be a man who, who gets a job and provides for my wife so she can stay home and watch the kids. Uh, that used to be like considered a noble thing. But yeah. now that's yeah. a man oh, who works. Wow. Yeah. But now the stigma is, oh, so you want to oppress your wife. You don't want to give her the opportunities to be all that God wants her to be. You want to oppress her and keep her barefoot and pregnant at home so you can dominate and she has to be your slave. So now you got this stigma on you that you're toxic masculinity. Uh, and so you can't be a man. So even though, wait a minute, this is how society ran for thousands of years and, and how lots of civilizations still do it. And whether you disagree it or not, but, but to just dismiss it as toxic masculinity without, mm. you know, discussing the merit of it mm-hmm. and that that's a stigma that beats a dogma. Ah, does good. that make sense? Yeah, that, that's, that's a, we can a, go more, yeah, but that, I think that, that one was, gets it. That was a great illustration. Let's give another uh, example of what's out there. Here's a progressive writer. They would call themselves Christians, but if you've heard me, liberal, and well, you too, you don't like liberals and progressives <laughs> any more than me. Progressives yeah, are, yeah. we try and, they're not liberals because they don't want to throw out completely the Bible, but they change it. They distort mm. the Bible to make it say they what they want. They progress. Yeah. They're think the pro- about the words. Yeah, they're always that. wanting to change. Wanting to change, yeah. Can I go ahead and read this? Yeah. Substitution claims that God actively punishes his children for disobeying him, that in contrast to his holiness, every single human being being is so filthy that we deserve not just to die, but to be tortured for all eternity, that although God loves us, he must balance out the cosmic weighing scales by unleashing his wrath and punishment on anyone who has not accepted Jesus as their personal savior. Are we supposed to love this God? Seriously? WTF. Nope. This this twisted interpretation continues to repulse and offend me. Well, again, this is a person who calls himself a Christian. I mean, this sounds like some, a, you know, a non-Christian or somebody who fell away from the faith. Yeah, going a deconstructionist. After. Yeah, they yeah. Are, well, they are a deconstructionist, yeah, but they're trying yeah. to hold on to it. And they're the, they're the most dangerous. At least the deconstructionists who walked away, we can say, well, they, they don't believe anymore. But here they're trying to claim to be a believer. But, well, first, right there should be an indicator. That uh, and I happen to know, you know, it was a woman. She wrote WTF mm. right there. It just shows you what kind of quality of Christians we're dealing with there with the language. If you don't know what WTF means, praise they God, know. you're, you you're innocent. But yeah. most of you know, it just up. yeah, <laughs> just that. That's just you know, you don't need to say that stuff in in discourse and dis, and talking about disagreeing with people and stuff. For mm. Christians, even do that too. You don't need to use snarky, evil language. You know, let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. You know. So anyways, that was my, that was my first thing to just show, shows her hand. But the second is, and this is tied together. Hell is a big thing for people who deny substitutionary atonement. They also have joined the Rob Bell wagon and love wins. God is merciful. Why are we drawing lines? And God is inclusive and accepts everyone. And substitutionary atonement is just so separating and it's so unloving. And and then the idea, because 
if mm. if substitutionary is true and there are people who are outside the kingdom of God, there are people who are still dead in their trespass and sins, they will be separated from God in eternity. Mm. Well, they hate that idea too. So they usually go hand in hand. So mm. this is what's out there. And, and, and I mean, I don't want to always link denial of substitutionary atonement with denial of hell, but it's it's very close. Yeah. Or if it I think is. what you said is, yeah, they go, they typically go hand in yeah. hand, don't yeah. they? Yeah. So, you know, so how are we going to respond? What are we going to say? Well, that's what we'll talk about next week. I know. <laughs> I just looked at our clock. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, this means so Disney's going to wait here. another week. It is. Yeah. It is. But come back and hear our response to those who say God is a cosmic child abuser because that is a lie from the pit of hell. Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.